Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the Sexy Saturday series and talk about Jennifer Connelly. Now, I have a close connection with Connelly, not as much as with Elizabeth Shue, as we talked about in her episode about a month back. But Connelly is somebody that is reminiscent of my high school years. I remember seeing her probably originally in Labyrinth. But certainly later on in such bad movies as career opportunities. And then probably The Rocketeer is, I was like, oh my God, this woman's gorgeous. This is what teenage Gregory thought. Now, Jennifer Connelly is 5'7", good average height for a woman. I think think the average height of a woman is 5'5", if I'm not mistaken. But 5'7" greenish bluish eyes black hair just a stunning thing you know most of the choices i have here are typically the dirty blonde or blonde light blonde hair with the colored eyes but i think at this point i think this is episode 17 i think i probably have like 40 percent are brunettes with rachel vice and daisy edgar jones and amy russell and so Connolly is another one we're throwing in there just a classically beautiful woman She's actually quite smart, so she went to Yale and to Stanford, and she seems to have her crap together. Now, I remember seeing her originally in in Labyrinth, as I mentioned, and back in the late 80s, early 90s, she was born in 1970, so in that period of time, she kind of had the more chubby face. She was kind of a chubby face girl. She was kind of growing into her face, but clearly, beautiful woman. She kind of looked like the future Jennifer that she was going to co-star with in He's Just Not Into You, Jennifer Goodwin. But Connolly, I think, was was just tall. And back then, she had such large breasts. I do remember that as high school. It's like, this girl's beautiful, and she's got large breasts. I think she started making the transition from child star. And look, she was modeling during this time, clearly, because she was quite attractive. But I think most people would say that it was Requiem for a Dream, which is Aronofsky's movie, that really kind of made it big for her. And that was in 2000. So I have to say she wasn't doing some other movies. Like personally, for me, Rocketeer is very high school. That's the, the World War II movie with the guy with the rocket on his back. And she, I personally think she looks the best in that movie than in any movie she's ever done. She just is just luminescent in that movie. Also in that movie, she which which was led by Billy Campbell. You know, I wonder what happened to his career. He did some television, but they dated during that time. They they were dating, having a onset love affair. Then you look at another classic. This is one of my favorite college movies, Higher Learning. Higher Learning is John Singleton's follow-up to Boys in the Hood. This is the one that takes place in a college campus. It's got Lawrence Fishburne and Omar Epps and Tyra. And Christy Swanson, probably a future Sexy Saturday. And Connolly portrays the the kind of lesbian girl that brings Christy Swanson into the lesbian world after she's sexually assaulted. Flawed movie, but let me tell you, this movie is just classic. It's got so many great lines. Then she does Mulholland Falls in 96. That's kind of the movie that, that 
somewhat made, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Naomi Watts is kind of big in that movie, but that's mostly like Nick Nolte and, and Chaz Palminteri and so forth. Inventing the Abbots was another movie that I, I distinctly remember because it had a bunch of attractive women. Had Liv Tyler, get this, get this sister group, Liv Tyler, Jennifer Connelly, and Joanna Going, who was quite attractive as well, and also stars Billy Crudup in Joaquin Phoenix. That was a memorable movie just because it had attractive women. I mean, this is all from Gregory's take, of course. It's my take. Either way, 2000, Requiem for a Dream. This is Aronofsky's work. This is, I think, the first movie where it's like, oh, she, this, she can act. She's quite good. And she plays a drug addict. This movie is a, such a downer of a movie. It's also probably remembered for Jared Leto getting his first like serious performance. No offense to those of you who loved My So-Called Life. But it's a downer movie, but it's well acted. It's, it's quite well acted. So she does that. She's got a role in Pollock, the Ed Harris movie about Jackson Pollock. Then, of course, she wins her Academy Award for Beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind, she looks gorgeous in this movie as well. This is the Russell Crowe movie uh, directed by Ron Howard. And she's good in this. You know, she plays kind of the, the wife, the tormented wife of the schizophrenic. Now, does she deserve to win the Academy Award for this movie? Well, let's look at who else was chosen. The other nominees for Best Supporting Actress here, Helen Mirren, Gosford Park, Maggie Smith for Gosford Park, Marissa Tomei in In the Bedroom, Kate Winslet for Iris. So this was a weak year. Marissa T in the Bedroom is a great movie. That's a movie about, uh, it's got uh, Sissy Spacek and... Tom Wilkinson as a couple whose son dies. And it's kind of the break. The, the it's, it's a down movie. It's done by Todd Field, who only does rare movies and down movies. Kate Winslet's great in Iris, but I don't think she necessarily deserves to be nominated. That's also with uh, Jane Duty Gench playing her older version. And the Gosford Park thing, I mean, maybe maybe give it to, to Helen Mirren. I think she's pretty good in that movie. Uh, British period movie done by Robert Altman, but I don't know. I mean, Connolly's Connolly's good in A Beautiful Mind, but I don't know if it's Academy Award caliber winning. Either way, they give it to her. Then you got 2003 Hulk by Ang Lee. She's fine in that. House of Sand and Fog. That's a pretty good movie. Then you got Little Children 2006. I love this movie. I love this movie. Todd Field. Todd Field loves Jennifer Connolly. So Little Children's Kate Winslet and it's got Patrick Wilson and they're having an affair. So Jennifer Connelly is the wife of Patrick Wilson and she's always pushing him. They have a child together to be a lawyer and he's kind of like the former jock who just hasn't really matured. Kate Winslet is married to a porn addict, older man, and she's kind of frumpy and then they meet at the pool of their neighborhood because they both have children and then they start an affair and hijinks ensue, let's just say. But I think it's a great movie. And Connolly's, again, let's I take a break. I'm to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. I think she's fine in it. I don't know. I, you know, she she's quite beautiful in this. And this is probably the first movie where I start seeing Conley doing the gaunt. What do I mean by the gaunt? She is, I think, at her peak in late 90s, early not beauty. Then later in her career and her life as she's entering her 40s, because at this point when she's doing little children, she's 36, she starts losing too much weight. And her face gets a little too gaunt. A little too skinny overall. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend it. It's kind of a downer movie, but it's very well made. Then she's in Blood Diamond, the DiCaprio movie. Again, this is she, this is her imperial period. I mean, she's doing like top-notch works with top-notch directors. Later on, she does The Day the Earth Stood Still. This is a horrible movie by Keanu Reeves when he was in his desert period. It's not a good movie at all. Then 2009, she does He's Not That Into You. This is a movie that's kind of an ensemble. It's it's kind of a mess. And they don't really utilize her well. In this movie, she's married to Bradley Cooper. And Bradley Cooper is having an affair with Scarlett Johansson, who has a really bad blonde hair dye job in this movie. And Jennifer Connelly just kind of plays the, you know, the, 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 for lack of a better word, the cucked wife. And they just don't give her much. And the movie has her and Jennifer Aniston and Jennifer Goodwin all working in the same office in cubicles. And the movie is really a vehicle because this is right after Big Love or during Big Love for Jennifer Goodwin. And she, she couldn't carry this movie. It wasn't a movie she could carry. Justin Long as her love interest, which is not real. Re it's not realistic. And the best part of this movie is probably Cooper being a scumbag Lothario. And then Affleck and... And Jennifer Aniston are a couple that have been dating for nine years and she wants to marry. He's like, why do we need a contract? And of course, eventually goes to the altar at the end. But she's in that too. And then really after that, not much. It's just a lot of crap movies that are not really worth mentioning. Uh, she does do Noah in 2014 with Russell Crowe. So they're reunited. That's Aronofsky again. But that movie didn't really do that well. And then after that, she does have a little role and Alita Battle Angel, which I think is actually a good animation movie by Robert Rodriguez. And then she does Top Gun Maverick. And Top Gun Maverick, she does a great job. You know, the joke about her and Cruz and Top Gun Maverick, it's like one of the few times where she actually, he actually has chemistry with a co-star. Because he doesn't really have chemistry with female leads. We talked about this when May and I did the three-part series on Tom Cruise's filmography, his retrospective. And she's very winning in this movie. And she doesn't really have a lot of screen time as the bartender. 
but she's very winning in this movie. I think she's she's amazingly good in this movie. In terms of her personal life, as I've already mentioned, she dated Billy Campbell during The Rocketeer, and then she hooked up with a a guy and had a child with him right after a guy named David Dugan, who's a photographer, and they had a son born in 1997. So it's weird to think that Connelly has a 26-year-old son. And then she met Paul Bettany in the early knots. Bettany's a British actor, probably most famous. You would recognize him. He's tall. He's the villain in The Da Vinci Code. He's also in the rom-com Wimbledon with uh, Kirsten Dunst. He's also in A Knight's Tale. He's the comic relief next to Heath Ledger. And they were married in 2003, and they have two children. She has a son who's 20 years old and a daughter who is 11 years old, and they live over in New York City. So, in closing, Connolly, you're gorgeous. I love you to death. I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rag. You let me know what you think about Connolly. Guys, please rate and review this, this fledging and co-it feed to help with the algorithm to spread it to more people. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation. The other one is to the website, which hosts all the Eclectico Gregorio feeds. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.